You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Laura Bell Bundy. I'm Tanya Pinkins, and you're listening to You Can't Say That. So, Airbenders are Bundy. You got you're born with a hole in your heart, but you got all this energy. Were your parents freaking out of all that you wanted to do? Tell me about this growing up with all this energy, but you know, you also came in seeming like maybe they didn't even know you were gonna make it. Well, I think I didn't find out they didn't find out until I had a hole in my heart. Uh that I they didn't find out I had a hole in my heart until I was six, six to eight weeks. And every baby is born with a hole in their heart, but most of them close at that point. And mine did not. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a, a ventricle septal defect. And mine didn't close. And so, of course, my mom was terrified, as most women are. They go through this uh, pregnancy and they give birth to what they think is a healthy baby. And then they get news that something's wrong with them. And she was all by herself when she found mm. this news out and there weren't cell phones. She couldn't, you know, it's hard to get a hold of my father. So, um, yeah, so they were very nervous. And in time, they did their research. We, I was born in Ohio, even though I was raised in Kentucky and, and I was born near Cleveland. So they went to Cleveland Clinic and they had access to great doctors. And there was a, a woman, once when we moved to Kentucky, a doctor there named Jackie Noonan, who is a pediatric cardiologist who watched me my whole life even into my 30s, this woman was taking care of me because how you approach a congenital heart defect is very different than how you approach someone who has a a heart condition because they have high cholesterol or or blood pressure. It's just very different. Um, So, um, so yeah, I mean, in time, I just got I got, would get two EKGs and ultrasounds a year, and then it became one. The hole started to close, and when I got into my 30s, it became one of those things where, you know, my heart had was working very hard and had worked very hard my whole life, and there was a slight bit of expansion in the heart. And if I were to continue going at the rate I was going without fixing that hole, more expand, uh, the, the heart could enlarge more, and I would be facing congenital, I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, congestive heart failure in my 40s. So that's why I had it fixed. Um, but when did you have it fixed? Did you have it fixed as a child? 
No, I had it fixed in uh, October 2015. Whoa! Yeah, I I actually did legally blonde with a hole in my heart. Whoa! Yeah, I did every Broadway okay. show. I just legally blonde. You did a lot of Broadway shows and TV shows and wrote songs and music videos. I did. I did it all with with the condition. I was actually okay. It just got to the point where they noticed the enlargement and and much of of you know care you know heart disease related care uh, is all about prevention. And so they were taking a look at seeing the rate of enlargement and going, all right, by this time you really want to get this fixed by this date. And Laura so Bell, I- you're being so cavalier about this. There are people who, you know, uh, they have an allergy and they're like, oh no, I can't do that. Oh no, I can't do this with far less of a condition than a hole in their heart. Come on, tell me what is what fuels your spirit? Where, where are you sourcing the kind of courage and energy to just keep creating and to keep living life every day? What's the source? Well, I think I get a high from inspiration. Um. You know, and if you break down that word in spirit, it's that moment where you've set the stage to where you can be a channel for a creative thought. And so if mm-hmm. we're going to get spiritual, yes, um, we are creative beings, just like the force that created us. You want to call that the universe. You want to call that source. You want to call that God. That's fine. You want to, whatever you choose, you want to talk about things written in the Bible that were made in the image of God. Well, I believe that is because God is a creator. So are we. And I think that's what we're here to do on that in this earth is to expand and we expand through our creative thoughts and the action we take based on those creative thoughts. So that is my purpose here. My purpose here is to expand. Hopefully I'm making expansion for good. And, and then also uh, my soul has a journey as well. I don't know why I was born and was drawn to the arts. I was singing at five, six years old and winning singing competitions. Um, and then I also had training, but there was something that was given to me that I'm quite grateful to have. Um, and a lot of energy, right? I've always, I, I have a lot of energy, but I'm inspired. I see, I think energy is so interesting to examine. We can talk about energy that we get from our food or that we get from sleeping and we wake up and we feel full of energy. But we can also talk about energy and fuel as like our hmm, as like our, the right the how, divine yeah for me I feel like people find me so intense but when I just get out of the way and like let the energy come through me. I just have more energy than most human beings have, but I'm just getting out of the way and allowing myself to be used by the divine. It's just flowing through me. It's just doing what it's doing and it's creative and it's always creating. I, I That's exactly how I feel. It's like you can block your energy by not allowing. Um, and so I think it's interesting and it's kind of an adventure to see where 
how I'm going to be used. Uh, I don't really think that I'm fully responsible for any of the songs I, I've written or any of the choices I make on stage. That is, I'm just a channel. And I, my job is to leave myself open to make those things happen. And, you know, like I was saying, the energy is very interesting. Energy also is about your thoughts. Like your thoughts can cut off your energy. You can have a, a debilitating thought that makes you feel depressed, which gives you no energy and makes you not want to get out of bed. You know, you have a breakup and you can't get out of bed and, you know, you're ordering pizza and eating ice cream in bed. And the second that person calls you and says, hey, I made a mistake. I still love you. You're out of bed in two seconds. You got your clothes on and yeah. you're down the street making out with them. <laughs> You know, there is something about the way that we think, which provides energy for us, and the way that we think that takes our energy away. And I think that the lens through which you view life sets the stage for how you experience it. So I can view these things as bad things that happen to me, or me being a victim, but I am not. These are opportunities for me. The conflict that I have in my life. Meaning the negative things, the you know, the disease, the ne- whatever. This is an opportunity for me to expand. There is no expansion without a problem. People are uh, okay. Let's talk about this. People were shitting in the woods. They were getting eaten by bears, and <laughs> at some point, they're like, "We need to build an outhouse." And then at some point, this is just so I can poop in private. And protect it. Then even the outhouse, that didn't work. Wouldn't it be nice to have some indoor plumbing? Then two guys named Crapper and John, literally, literally, they came up with the toilet bowl in the house and indoor plumbing. They did that because a problem was posed in front of them. And you know this, anybody who works in any industry, what happens when there is a problem? Well, you figure out how to solve it. And that you're using your creative energy, right? You're figuring, you're, you're an artist of that particular, uh, you know. Whatever it is, there's an artistry to the solving of, of every solution is, is creativity. Solution right. is creativity. Yes. Now we're going to, we've played a song of yours, um, American Girl. Do you want to tell us about that inspiration? Sure. Um, so I wrote American Girl with, um, my great friend, Shay Carter, and uh, Jeremy Edelman, who I wrote the rest of our album, Women of Tomorrow. And Women of Tomorrow um, explores, the, each song explores uh, issues that women are being faced with, um, whether that be um, over-apologizing, equal pay, uh, breaking the glass ceiling, pitting ourselves against each other, uh, reaching unattainable beauty standards, obsession with social media, blah, blah, blah. But American Girl is a song, you know, we we talk about um, it's so hard to be an American girl. It's so hard to live in a first problem world. There's kind of a wink at you there uh, because we really know by comparison, it isn't that hard. Uh, and you're not living in a third world country. There are people going through, there are refugees that are going through far worse. Um, but we still have, we still have our own 
problems and pain relative to our experience. And as American women, we are uh, sold a lot of things about how we should look, how we should act, these products we must have now, these shoes that we must have. Our life will only be good if we are seen on this boat, uh, you know, <laughs> with uh, this la- living in the lap of luxury. We've, we've come into this Instagram uh like that's setting the standard for how we live our lives. And if we don't, we don't reach that Instagrammable standard, we are not enough. And as women too, we're told like, Hey, do it all. We can do it all. We can go to school and get the degree and have the job and have the kids and have the family and we can do it all. Yes, we can. It seems like you're doing it all. It seems like you're doing it all. Are you not doing it all? I'm doing it all, but I don't, I cannot tell you whether I'm doing it all really well. Okay. I I cannot because I'm trying to do it all, which means at some point I am sacrificing something. I'm, uh, when I work, I sacrifice time away from my family and my child. Mm. When I'm with my child, I can't get my work done. You know I mean? It's all kind of a balance. It's like this kind Mm -hmm. of juggling act all the time. But you know, with this American girl, that this song is is less about being a woman and more about being a girl who sold a lot of images of how she should look, uh, of beauty, uh, material wealth, and you go to college, you take a loan out from Sally Mae. It's going to take you forever to repay it. You're going to have to be in the workforce for at least fifteen years, and if you are, well, you should probably freeze your eggs because. Mm. You start a family before you've paid back those loans. You'll have those loans for the rest of your life, plus your house loan. Well, actually, you probably won't be able to get a house because you're trying to still pay off those loans. Pay for the, now you pay for the college, but you could not get a job after you graduated. Yes. Now, you got another song on there about uh, uh, passing laws, right? About women. And you got a whole bunch of other people doing that song with you. Oh, oh, get it, girl, you go. <laughs> yeah. Get it, girl, you go. That's the, the, the celebration of being the woman doing it all and breaking the glass ceiling. And, um, and the song is really about these different women who are, you know, getting the degrees, getting another degree, raising the kids, still getting a meal on the table, um, you know, speaking in the way that they will be heard. And, um, and, and it does include as well, um, we, we sort of paint the picture of a woman who is raising her child and going to her child's basketball game. But at the same time, she's running for Senate on the side and she's trying to uh, make change for good. Uh, and you've got some real candidates in that, don't you? Yes. So our video, which thank you for making a cameo. Um, <laughs> so amazing. Um, we have, so the, the song is being sung by me, Shoshana Bean and Anika Nani Rose. And, and then we have cameos from a bunch of different Broadway stars, television stars, comedians and, and musicians. And, and then it's also featuring all of the Democratic women who are running for national office in 2020. You want to name some names? Well, like Amy McGrath, who is running against Mitch McConnell for uh, Senate. 
And, and then of course you have people that are, are running again, like AOC and, and then other women that are coming up, uh, this, uh, Teresa Tomlinson in Georgia. It's so it's, it's, uh, we have a lot of women running. I mean, there, there's so many women that I can't list them all. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's impressive. So I, and I, here's the other thing. It's like, who knows how these elections are going to go if we are still in quarantine? And obviously, these women cannot campaign right now or campaign mm. in the way that they thought they were campaigning. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how to be involved in like a private Zoom fundraising right. event. You know? <laughs> so hopefully I that this video can also bring some awareness um, to people. When will the video be ready? I'm thinking it should be finished in about two weeks. Oh, so it's going to come out soon. Well, it's going to be finished in two weeks. And we were hoping to drop it when Biden announces who his VP is going to be, because he said that his VP is going to be a woman. Now, I don't know. who. So it's going to be like a quick edit, like the whole video is going to be done. And then we're going to just like plop the the image of... (laughs) Of the woman, oh, whoever that is, in there, awesome. Yeah, we got to figure out how we can have your your this podcast ready for go with the video drop and have it all happen like you predicted it. Who do you think it's going to be? Well, I was really thinking it was going to be Stacey Abrams, um, but I, you know, I've heard different opinions. I mean, I think some people think it might be Klobuchar. Some people may think it's uh, the I believe is it this governor that's from Michigan. I've heard a couple of different things. Um, I really like Stacey Abrams personally, um, and I, 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 I kind of hope it's her. But you know, it may be somebody that I'm not even thinking of. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, this has been really delightful and I appreciate your honesty and vulnerability. As we're wrapping up, I got a couple questions for you. Who inspires you? You said it's inspiration. Who are the people who were the mentors, inspirations to you in all that you do? Because you do a lot of things. Hmm. Hey, I would say, hmm, well, my father. Okay. Well, I guess definitely a mentor and an inspiration. Um, he was a a um, a businessman and an entrepreneur, and I and his philosophy was: "Ask is the most powerful three letter word." 
And he was a person who really um, encouraged me to, like, he asked me what the meaning of life was when I was five. And he Mm. continued to ask me that question. So I would say that my father was the person who gave, gave me a desire to have meaning and purpose in my life, which has made all the difference. Mm. And, and so just by the nature of that encouragement and that relation, he, he encouraged me to appreciate that which was inside of me than on the outside. And, mm. and the beauty is from within um, and he was just so authentic and a joyful person. Um, but yet he was like also like the fiercest negotiator. <laughs> um, and he would help me negotiate my contracts and things. So my father is the the real deal inspiration for me and mentor to me. Uh, and, and my mom too. My mom is just like, you know, my mom is just, if you want to, look for a definition of drive in the dictionary that there's a picture of my mom and both of my parents worked really hard. And I think that my philosophy in life is, you know, talent only gets you to one point and hard work gets you the rest of the way and hard work and learning uh, and having a commitment to learning is really, really important. But I, you know, there are other people that I've worked with that I admire and uh, and that I've seen just be totally inspired, you know, like when I Are worked. Your still alive? What'd you say? Are your parents still alive? My father passed away uh, almost two years ago. My mother is still alive. So you um, didn't get to see your grandson, your father? No, not on this plane. Okay. Um, but my son looks just like him. Mm. It is crazy. I look at my son and I see my father and it is such a gift because I still get surprised that my father isn't here. And I get to see him every day when I look at my son. So it's like, it's a, it's a gift. It's a real gift. Um, and um, my son also has his spirit and like his laugh and, but I mean, he just looks so much like him. It's so crazy. <laughs> he looks more like him than I look like my father. Mm. Well, you made me think of, uh, of one more question, but I had another one, but right now in the world, what do you think is needed? Compassion. Um, and compassion is tricky because compassion almost always requires experience and suffering on the part of the person who has the compassion. Ooh. And when we have have a charmed lives like our president, we miss the the lesson of compassion. Um, which is also, you know, listen, this is why like we have to be embracing of our pain and the experiences that happen to us that aren't necessarily positive because those are providing us with a connection to the human race through compassion. 
And as artists, it's providing us the understanding of emotions that we wouldn't understand without those experiences and that we couldn't give truthful for truthful performances. But yeah, I believe we need compassion and understanding and empathy. Mm. And my very last question, this has been so inspiring and you are just, uh, you're really um, a beautiful soul. That's what I'd say. A beautiful, beautiful soul. I've loved listening to your album. And um, is there some failure that happened in your life that set you up for success, but you didn't know it at the time? Yes. There's been many. (laughs) I think, you know, it's like I said, I gained, I gained compassion from my failures, right? And my mistakes. And I would not be who I am without those. So I, I have a much gratitude. Can you share one? Well, it's kind of felt silly. What it, it did it. it That's did what matters. It. It's silly. It has to do with work. I went on a dance call, a dance audition, an open call when I was 17. And it went horribly, horribly. It was terribly embarrassing. I auditioned for this something with Grazia Danielle, and I couldn't get the steps. And, you know, and I, I, I was a trained dancer, but it takes me a second to like, I don't learn quickly. I have to get it in my body. I kind of need to sleep on it. And then it's there the next day. So like going to an audition call where there's all these moves I have to learn very fast, I, I cannot survive. And it was so bad that I swore I would never go on another dance call for the rest of my life. And because I made that decision, I only went on singing calls or acting call uh, auditions. And so I bypassed, <laughs> I just simply, I just like started auditioning for principal characters because I was so terrified to be in that position again. So that huge failure was like, this is the decision I'm making. And the other thing is I remember making a decision to leave New York after I did Wicked. And uh, I don't know if it was a failure, but it was a, a moment of decision. And I was like, I'm not coming back here until I'm starring in uh, an, an original musical on Broadway. And that's exactly when I came back, you know. But I don't know. I my failure at a dance call led to me getting getting a principal character in hairspray because I just refused I to go. Share with you because you just hit it for me. I came out of school out of Carnegie Mellon. I was dancing every day. And I went on these dance calls and I was like, oh my God, they call them boys and girls forever. I don't, and they've working harder than anybody and getting paid less. I'm not doing this anymore. So it was a similar sort of thing for me of like, this is too hard. And I'm going to be called boys and girls for the rest of my life. I'm going to try to be the person in front of the dancers. Well, I couldn't and, do it. Here's the thing. I couldn't do it. I, I know, couldn't I, do it either. I look at these, I mean, my, my best friends are people who are swings and dance captains. And I'm like, that is so much harder to me than playing a leading role. That is way harder. That is a skill set I do not have. And my recognition of the fact that I did not, I don't have it. I mean, that is just no, 
fucking way I could do that. Um, but you know, I'm, you know, I think the question that you have about the failure, um, I, I would really have to actually think upon it. Like I, I think about that cause it's like my worst audition experience that led to something. But in terms of failures, um, I, th- I think that's it. There, there isn't a single failure I haven't learned from that hasn't served me. So that, that I will say, and, and whatever the biggest one is, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Well, I thank you for, for spending some time with me and being open and vulnerable with me. Um, I want to say one last thing that is when I left here after doing the wild party, I lived to California and I also said, I'm never coming back to New York until I'm starring in a Broadway show. And, and the next time I came back was Carolina change. So I do know that thing about setting an attention and sort of manifesting that thing that you desire. Yeah. It's interesting. I think, you know, at the time too, I, I, you know, there was just like an inner knowing, um, I think sometimes even like youth allows you to stay there a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I think, I think when you make decisions, you, you're, you're telling the universe very clearly what you want. A lot of the time mm-hmm. you like go back and forth and back and forth. I want this. I don't want that. I want that, you know, and we were giving mixed signals. Yeah. I think that that to me is the, piece in the Bible about where two or more are standing uh, together, there I will be also. I feel like often we need a partner in believing that if you can share a dream with someone and they will hold the space for that, that even when you lose your faith and hope, that friend who is your partner in believe it can hold it. And so that signal stays strong even when you lose hold of your belief in it. Oh my God, you've just struck a chord with me. So, uh, yes, because here's the thing I think that I do. When I have an idea, I share it. I don't know. I can't help it. I share it. Do you know what I think I want to do? I'm going to do this. And I, when I share it with someone, it becomes real for me. And then mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being held accountable to following through. I believe that is the difference than if I just mm. had a series of dreams or that I'm taking action to having them become a reality. It's sharing. I remember even a life coach at one point said to me, what's your five-year plan? And I said, this is what it is. And he said, uh, have you shared that with anyone? And I said, no. And he goes, well, is there someone that you'd like to do that plan with that's a part of that plan? And I'm like, Well, yeah, actually there is. He said, well, why don't you go have lunch with this person and see, tell them about your five-year plan, see what their five-year plan is, and see if maybe there's a way that you guys can be a part of each other's five-year plan and make your own plan together. Well, God, it, it, it took a concept, an idea that I was just sort of maybe mulling around with. And it set a time frame to it. It made it real. It made it definitive. It made it become the goal of two different people. I very much think that is a piece of the puzzle between having a dream and making a dream a reality. Well, let's 
you and I right now set something that we can be partners in believing in as we close out this podcast? What is a dream you want me to hold for you? And what can I, and I'll share one that I want you to hold for me. I, I would like this project that I'm doing, the women of tomorrow, um, to be the beginning of being an advocate for women and, um, and setting women's voices to music. I would like, uh, and my, my goal, as you know, is to have Women of Tomorrow be a show on Broadway. Where we Maybe it'll be the first one to come back to Broadway for real. <laughs> yes. We do a show about the experience of being women. So that's, that's my, I mean, that's what I'm going to put out right now. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to hold it for you. I'm going to hold the sacred space for that to be true, that that is law in the universe. And I'm going to ask you to hold the space for my film Red Pill to uh, just internationally touch minds and hearts and activate a movement on the planet. You got it. Red Pill. Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you. I'm Tanya Pinkins and you are listening to You Can't Say That on the Broadway Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can. I'm Tanya Pinkins and You Can't Say That is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Derek Gunther with music by Kat Dale. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast highly wherever you stream. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Tanya Pinkins. And to learn more, visit bpn.fm forward slash y-c-s-t. Stay safe. This is Tommy Pinkins. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.